Hello, and welcome back to Eventide Radio. This is a fan-made Destiny podcast where we have roundtable discussions about a variety of topics concerning the popular video game franchise. At its core, this show is about having in-depth discussions about the game from a variety of different perspectives. I'm your host, Scotty, and with me are co-hosts Rob and Robbie. Will is out today. To preview our topics for today, we're going to talk, of course, thoughts on the sandbox. So, obviously, there was a couple very meaty twabs, and another one came out this past Thursday. So we're going to be talking about weapons and stuff like that. Then we're going to talk about the Season of the Lost reveal. Um, spoiler alert, if you're staying away from social media, they revealed um, Season of the Lost. I can't say. should have said a spoiler alert before that. But anyways, Mara is coming back. And then lastly, we're going to talk fashion. So transbog and stuff like that. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about the system. But we're also going to just talk about, you know, some of our favorite pieces that, you know, look cool. So before we get started... Um, going to give a brief PSA. Don't forget to turn in your Vanguard tokens, because those are going away. So turn them into Zavala. Maybe get a god roll something. I don't really know what um, god rolls he's given out, but at the end of the day, at least you can get legendary shards out of it. Um, so Rob, what's something you've been up to this week in Destiny? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so I, I finished spending all of my Vanguard tokens, and I don't think I got like even a single half-decent weapon uh, and not a single piece of armor was worth looking at. So that was kind of a bummer. But I did get lots of legendary shards like you just pointed out. <laughs> um, I did manage to complete a Flawless Vault of Glass this week and got the Sweet Shader. Uh, still don't have Vex. And uh, just for laughs, decided to play a little bit of Destiny 1 last night. Um, like I said, I always kind of like to do that right before new season starts just to, uh, you know, play something else and diversify and and do some stuff so i popped in d1 for a bit uh now that's what i've been doing sounds like a solid week minus the lack of vex robbie what that's about you funny. oh grats on the flawless by the way i, I haven't gotten that before I, I haven't tried but uh that's a pretty nice shader so grats uh me i actually like this was a weird week because I felt the pressure of going for like solo flawless on some of the dungeons because I have never done that before. And I know this was like a good time with breach and clear and all that uh, going on, but I, I just couldn't make myself do it. Like, I guess I don't care enough to, to get the rewards that you might get out of doing, you know, flawless Pete or flawless, especially prophecy. Like, I feel like that would be like a huge time sink that I'm just not willing to go through. Uh, and I guess this week I've just been doing, like, honestly, I've been doing, like, weekly bounties and just random bounties in my in my three characters to be ready for Tuesday. So that Tuesday comes, 10 a.m. PST comes, and I'm already level 20 on the season pass. So, yep, just mm-hmm. prep week, basically. Just getting prepped. So our first topic we're going to talk about is something that has obviously been talked about a lot recently. We're talking about... The latest TWAB. So this features a bunch of different weapon changes and whatnot. If you haven't gotten a chance to read it, go check it out. Um, like, what, 5,600 words or something? Pretty big. But there's a lot to get into, so we're going to go step by step, try to get through this in a reasonable amount of time, because I know a lot of other people have tried to break this down extensively. We probably won't do that, per se, but we'll give our thoughts generally on most of the stuff here. So... The first thing it looks like worth talking about sounds like, um, Rob, I know you were excited about stasis weapons coming into the uh, Kinect slot. 
Yeah, so just kind of I'll highlight what I'm most excited about and and ultimately what and and part of this is for that is because they said that the stasis uh legendaries are going to be in the kinetic slot so that way there's not so much bloat in the energy weapon slot and so that that kind of makes uh sense for like match game type activities so i think that was a really smart choice what i am tentatively excited for and i know there's no evidence for this to get excited but it does give me hope as in terms of just possibilities is if we get uh stasis fusion rifles uh because then we can actually start filling out the kinetic slot with uh legendary fusions and uh because i hate i hate feeling like i need to use bastion if i want to use a fusion rifle and use uh, a legendary energy weapon uh and then it's like then you feel like a scumbag so uh that being said yeah i'm excited uh and then they also kind of hinted that there's going to be like stasis specific perks um that they said will not be obnoxious in pvp so i'm intrigued to see kind of what those are and they said that they're based on like kills uh, so it, just excited to see that there's more perks coming, uh, a new kind of energy weapon type, if you will, but it's going to be in the kinetic slot. Uh, so yeah, just just kind of excited for that. Uh, and then ultimately excited for the prospect of of more fusion rifles uh, and kind of the changes that are coming to them. So uh, fingers crossed that everything will kind of pan out well. So that's what I'm excited about. So, um, Robbie, what is your favorite sandbox change, you would say, before we dive in extensively? Honestly, I think we were talking a lot in the previous episodes about ammo economy, especially about the scavenger, but that was mostly a PvP thing, right? But ammo finders are are huge, especially on, on GMs, and there's a few of them where you actually, or at least I felt the need to run at least one primary ammo finder because i would literally run out of like scout ammo or something like that so Mm -hmm. the fact that they're changing the ammo finders to work even when you have your primary out to have ammo for your energy or your heavy and uh well especially i think and this was probably when i read it and i i talked to a friend of mine and the, the first like literally the first thing that we were both like what's going on was like infinite primary ammo <laughs> that's such a huge deal i don't know it sounds kind of simple but i don't know that's it's just crazy for me to think that yeah. you know we're gonna have like infinite ammo yeah absolutely it's a big deal for me personally my favorite or change coming in this twab um isn't so much a sandbox change but they're bringing back the trials of the nine weapons for prophecy and yes um, that is very exciting because you know it, it it is a very large loophole honestly and prophecy's Fun. It's not my favorite dungeon, but it's just nice to see dungeons getting revamped loot pools. So that's going to be pretty cool. But yeah, they um, look nice too. I never had them before, obviously. But I know the that some people were actually even running them again, like trying to get the whole armor set from Prophecy because there's two that drop in there, and one of them is aesthetically exactly the same as the Trials of the Nine armor set. Um, so they were going for that just to use it in Transmog. So right. the weapons coming back, that, that's pretty nice. Yep. Yep. So to jump into the TWAB right away here. So before we talked about, uh, before we started recording, we were talking about fusion rifles a little bit. But we should obviously talk about this um, on the show as well, because Will has just showed up as well. So he's going to have uh, PvP thoughts, I'm sure, on that. But fusion rifles are getting a lot of changes. In fact, I was a little confused on a lot of these changes. So Rob and Rob kind of had to explain this to me. 
but there's there's a lot going on. Um, let me take a look here. So I think adaptive frames and precision frames are unchanged. Rapid frames are getting something of a buff. Um, high impacts are getting something of a nerf, but overall it's just a, like an overall rework. So um, Robbie, what are your gut reactions to reading this uh, fusion rifle change? The first thing I thought about was actually the heat scan thing that they mentioned, because like uh, one thing that is very specific about Bungie games, I feel like, uh, and especially this one, that it does have heat scan and non-heat scan weapons, like they said, like back in Halo, you know, you will have like the actual projectile and you will have travel times, so you will have to lead your shots. And the fusion rifle to me always seemed like a, one that it would benefit from leading your shots. Uh, but at the same time, I guess it's about connectivity, especially if you think about it like PvP wise. Like if you had to lead your shots and it's, you know, maybe your connection is poor and the other guy just, you know, that the shots don't hit in his end then you start having like even bigger issues by having those projectiles on the fusion rifles. So I guess the fact that it stays hit scan um, to me was the first thing that jumped to mind, like thinking about like the weapon as an actual hit scan, I think uh, made me realize why some of the things that they were talking about have to work the way they do. Mm-hmm. And like what, what kind of things are you talking about? So that thing, like leading your shots, because, you know, you, you always think about the, the spread and uh, I guess for... Fusion rifles, I always leaned more towards stability than range because I think like landing the shots of the fusion rifle was always more important. So if you had a lot of stability, it just felt like they were, you know, tighter together and you were able to land all your shots on your target. And uh, range didn't really matter to me that much as it does in other weapons. So stability was like a huge thing. Same with like, uh, you know, liquid coils and all these things that like would increase damage and try to not hurt like, you know, a bit of charge time, but instead of hurting other stats, because I know a lot of of them actually hurt stability or, or handling or things like that. And uh, thinking about it like as a hit scan, I didn't actually think about it as a hit scan before. So for me, that was like a big realization of like, okay, so now I I can understand why. Also the audio, because I mean, one thing I really like about Destiny is how the guns sound. And when they mentioned that, like having to rework the whole, like how everything sounds like, just because they would like switch from hit scan to non-hit scan, that was also pretty interesting to learn about the guns. Mm-hmm. Rob, do you have any thoughts on hit scan or the fusion rifle changes as a, as a whole? Yeah, I mean, me being a big fusion rifle guy, uh, I first kind of had a, I'll say slightly negative reaction to everything, but the more and more I kind of read about it, um, I'm excited that in general, they're getting kind of a a rework just to the identity of, the, of fusion rifles and, and kind of their place in the game. Uh, and then even more so like how the like high impact versus rapid fire are getting kind of their very own niche kind of feeling. It's it it's not quite the same thing, but it's it's kind of like when when 180 RPM hand cannons first came out in uh, Curse of Osiris and they had kind of this like very different feeling of just like the recoil direction and the inner accuracy and just kind of the way they felt versus like the other archetypes. Uh, and, and it had its, and even to this day still has a very, very distinct feeling to them over like one forties and one twenties. 
uh, it's kind of the same thing with this. Like I'm, I'm intrigued by the idea of like high impacts really having kind of a very specific functionality and, you know, hopefully there'll, there'll be some kind of, I don't want to, you don't want to use the word skill gap, but ultimately just sort of a, a way that, that how, how high impacts are supposed to be used a certain way versus like a, a rapid fire. And, and each one has like a certain play style that hopefully if you, if you like to be sort of like an anti shotgunner then maybe you'll enjoy using rapid fire. Uh, whereas like if you want to use high impacts as sort of a, you know, mid range, you know, utility, then, then it has a specific place, but it's not necessarily going to be useful as a, as a counter to shotguns because of they've increased the charge time so substantially. Um, I'm intrigued by the bolt count change and that they're not all seven and some are going to be five and some are going to be nine. Uh, I, I really want to see how that kind of pans out and how now like certain stats like stability and range really kind of play a factor in all of that. So I, I, I'm excited to kind of play around with all of those both in PVE and PVP uh, because they did get a, a damage buff uh, in there. So it'll be, it'll be kind of fun to try those out uh, in terms of like the, the hit scan versus like the, the projectile kind of travel time. Uh, I know that's like a big delta between Destiny 1 and Destiny 2. It's Destiny 2, they are hit scan, and Destiny 1, they actually were projectiles. Uh, and like like I was saying, this last week I did play a little bit of Destiny 1, and I was using fusion rifles just because I read the TWAB, and I kind of wanted to just kind of compare and, and kind of refresh myself uh, in how they felt. And and it is, it is different, uh, to say the least. It's hard to kind of quantify if one's necessarily better than the other. I think hit scan always kind of has a an interesting uh, topic of conversation associated with it, just because of how people feel about hit scan weapons. Um, and I think part of what gave fusion rifles such a cool identity that I think I will say fell in love with during Destiny One is because they had kind of uh, all the all the the variables that kind of went into making them feel the way that they did. Uh, it definitely changed with Destiny 2. I still like using fusion rifles, obviously, because I don't stop talking about them. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I the, 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 the TLDR version is, I'm excited about these changes and I want to see how they all kind of interact. I don't think there's a necessarily direct nerf with any of them. I think it's just, how do we make them feel different and give them their own kind of place in, in the sandbox that they actually kind of stand out across some of the other special weapons? So, yeah, yeah. So you say, um, you're saying you're glad high impacts and rapid fires are getting their own unique identity when it comes to the family of fusion rifles. Right. Um, precisions and adaptives are largely unchanged, they're saying. Do you think yes. that they should be changed more to be given a more unique identity within fusion rifles, or do you think they're fine as is? Uh, I think, I actually think that that was kind of a clever idea is let adaptive and precision kind of stay the way they are. Because I think at the end of the day, when you kind of want to have the discussion of like, what makes a fusion rifle a fusion rifle, typically you want to talk about adaptive uh, or precision frames because they are kind of the generalized archetype that 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 class of weapon kind of describes. You know, it's like I like I was talking to my wife about this a long time ago, trying to describe what fusion rifles were. And I was like, imagine like a shotgun, but you have to like charge it up and it like shoots projectiles. You know, it's like it's such a cool weapon type to Destiny. And I think letting the adaptives kind of stay that kind of like classic, we'll call it like the vanilla feel of that weapon type, I think is important to, to let that kind of weapon still retain something about 
the 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 feel of kind of what a de- like what fusion rifle should be but then on the other two spectrums you, you have the high impact and then the very low impact high charge rate like how do you make them feel different in some way and i think changing the bolt count and kind of like really i think having a one second charge time with the high impacts really will kind of affect how people use them in pvp and and you're not going to be able to to use them in the same way that you were before so i think i think Keeping one of them relatively unchanged and and we'll say stagnant, um, but then really trying to shake up the other two, I think is good because then it 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 changes kind of the curve of of how you look at them, if that makes sense. So I, okay. I think I think it was good. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Will about you? What are your thoughts on the fusion rifle changes? Um, all of them are good changes. Um, because high impacts were kind of oppressive in PvP, and then people would just like run around with them the whole entire match. And I think that's more of like a special ammo economy problem than it was a fusion rifle problem. But no, all, all the changes are good. The bastion nerf is fantastic. Yes. Well needed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. the thing I was a little disappointed on was that they're not changing uh, charge time. That like the charge time does less damage, or like the charge time masterwork does less damage. Um, yeah. I'm sure you guys know this, but if you have a charge time masterwork, it's kind of you might as well just delete the gun because your damage is basically reduced if you masterwork it, which I think is kind of dumb. But I would like to see that changed. But at the end of the day, I, I get why they can't do it because if they made the charge time more fast, then like that would be kind of OP. And if you didn't get a charge time masterwork on your fusion, then there's no point in using it. But all in all, the changes are super good. So mm-hmm. let's try it out. Do you think? And- do you think the fusion rifle nerfs will accommodate for a lack of change to the special ammo economy, or do you think they're still ignoring the problem? Um, I think they're still kind of ignoring the problem. To be honest, I don't think it's enough. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't really, they really didn't switch up that much as much as I thought they were going to. Um, but I think it should be that if you know if you get a kill, then that person. Um, drop special ammo, but only you can pick it up. Like no, your teammates can pick it up. It's not, it's mm-hmm. not on the ground for anybody else besides you. Mm-hmm. That's what I think it should be. And then just get rid of scab mods. They're just a problem at this point. So yeah. I, I, I don't think they did enough for the special ammo economy. But at the same time, like I think that's there's a lot of things going on to make it so that people are just running around with their special out the whole game. Like primaries just still aren't strong enough, and like you don't really get into, if you start a gunfight off at the primary, it's Oh, detrimental. Yep. So. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you're dead. I mean, primaries have no chance of um, fighting with any special weapon, really. Yeah, I just think they need to make the base damage across all primaries do more. Okay. Okay, so you think that would that would kind of fix that problem? Um, I don't know if it would 100% do. fix it, but it would definitely help. It would encourage people to play their primary more, you know? Because, I mean, like, somebody straight lining you with, like, a shotgun or, like, a fusion... The odds of you hitting three like crits, like not missing a single shot, like by the time like that person gets their shot off is just not it's not optimal. So I would just like to see kind of a rework of all primary damage across the board. So yeah, mm-hmm. like as it stands right now, I don't I, I we gotta play it out right before we can discredit all these changes. But true, true. I, I think they're getting they're fixing symptoms. I don't these are just kind of band-aid fixes to me, not like a, okay. that'd be game changing. But you think it's a you think it's a step in the right right direction at least. Yeah, no, it's all all of this is like the whole twab was actually really good. Like there was nothing I was upset about or not upset about, but like you know not super happy about. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, like they're they're not fixing the core issue of 
why all these things are getting nerfed and that would be the special ammo economy. Mm -hmm. So another thing they are changing is anarchy. So this is something they've, a lot of people have seen coming, coming because anarchy has been long dominant in the PVE boss damage field. So Robbie, as a frequenter of Grandmaster Nightfalls, what do you think about the anarchy nerf? Yeah, actually, I thought it was going to be way worse. Like, it's, yeah, it's not as bad as people make it out to be. I think mm -hmm. the ammo is like, yeah, that's fine. Like, reduce the ammo. That's okay. I don't think we need it anymore. I think a lot of people, I think the fact that we had so much ammo just made it so that people, like, used it carelessly. Like, you would use anarchy for everything. Like, even for ads sometimes, because you just had, you know, so much ammo. But now, like, you know, that beautiful sound of like three people shooting two anarchies into a champion exactly at the same time like, i think that's just gonna stay there and mm -hmm. the fact that they are doing so that the ammo finder works even when you have your primary out and, and hopefully get more ammo so I, I think that balances it out the fact that you have less reserves so i think the fact with anarchy is just like stop you know, using anarchy for everything and use it when you actually need it. But it's, in my mind, not really hurting the weapon that much. And if it doesn't, you know, affect champions, but only bosses, like, it, it, anarchy would do so much damage that if in some Grandmasters, if you were running three of them, you were basically taking half of the boss's life with three anarchies on the boss at the same time. Mm -hmm. But if you can still get, you know, one quarter of the life of the boss with, you know, two or three anarchists, and like, I, I still think with the supers and everything, like the melting possibilities are not gone. The champions are still going to go down and yeah, you just got to use it a bit, you know, more focused with your, with your ammo. That's about it. Like, I think the nerf is good. I think it's a good nerf actually. Do you think you're going to still be using Anarchy as boss damage, or do you think you're going to end up using something else? And so what? Well, I think any weapon that gives you uh, damage over time or a debuff or something, you know, that, that's basically why we used it. Just to have something ticking while we would use something else, be it your other guns or be it your super. So Witherhold has always been a great option, and it's still there. It remained unchanged. So, you know, two Wither Hordes into a champion will do a great amount of damage, just as Anarchy used to, which was basically like, if you didn't have Anarchy, you know, like for people who were new at the game and didn't have the spoils to actually get it off the kiosk, Wither Horde was like kind of the second best thing. And I think now, um, Wither Horde actually is probably going to shine a little bit more. And uh, hopefully, and I don't know, this is a bit of a stretch, but like, you know, seeing tractor cannons used again things like that might be interesting like one mm -hmm. person running a tractor cannon instead of anarchy so i it opens the, the game a little bit for you know experimentation with these debuffs and because like you can still have a debuff and then have anarchy on so if you can give anarchy that 30 percent damage back <laughs> with a, a tractor cannon then you know that there's anarchy again so mm -hmm. that that might be good and mm -hmm. you know it also works on your super so then you get 30 percent more damage with your super as well um yeah i think it doesn't kill the gun at all uh, and i don't think it's gonna be a bad choice regardless to take into a grandmaster at all for boss damage maybe yeah maybe three anarchies is definitely not gonna be the play anymore but i think it never was supposed to so the fact that it's not uh just i guess make things a bit right yeah yeah 
Rob, what about you? Thoughts on? Yeah, thoughts on I would. Yeah, for sure. I would echo everything that Rob Robbie said. That yeah, I think I think it'll still have a certain utility. I think there's going to probably still be one person in a GM that'll run it uh, just for like champions. Um, but I think with some of the other buffs that were coming, um, like I people have been pointing out, I think there's a, a high chance for something like Thunderlord uh, to maybe get some some time in the the spotlight just because, you know, it can it's getting a damage buff. Sounds like at least for machine guns. Um, mm. And and so maybe that'll have some unforeseen great thing. A lot of people talk highly of Deathbringer as well. Um, I I think you'll go back to seeing some people running Divinity uh as as a way to kind of get a debuff on enemies part part of it is too like this is kind of that you don't want to change too many variables at once but we're also losing breach and clear so i think the numbers are going to kind of indicate that like the nerf was way more severe than it was but i think people are just because because grenade launchers were so helpful this whole season um because of breach and clear and you know you had uh um like salvage or salvo and you had anarchy like it's going to look like grenades have just been completely ganked. But I think it's just kind of the natural progression of things. But I, I think you'll just start seeing some things that have always been good um, start to kind of come back and rise to the top just because, you know, it seemed like it was so obvious to to use anarchy and using anything else would have been crazy. Um, but I think we'll start to see some other stuff be useful again. So I'm excited about that. Um, we also have the new. Uh, rocket launcher that's got explosive light uh so i'm excited that and i think that'll have some utility uh in the game as well and so i'm excited to kind of see how this the sandbox gets kind of shaken up because of this change overall i think it was a healthy thing that needed to happen because yeah anarchy's just it's been so dominant for so long uh that something needed to change and i'm excited to see what kind of rises to the top that maybe has always been there uh and people just haven't been paying attention because it's like oh if you're not using anarchy you're playing the game wrong yeah, absolutely. Do you, do you think any legendary heavy machine or heavy sorry heavy machine those heavy weapons will um, be prevalent besides the rocket launcher with explosive light? Do you think any legendary heavy weapons will come? Um, I mean, I don't know if it'll be like the DPS monster that other like anarchy, but I I think corrective measure because it's getting the damage buff, uh, and I think people have gotten a whole season to farm for some half decent rolls. I think Hezen Vengeance will be good as well, just because there's some some decent roles that people have gotten with that. Um, again, the explosive light might be be good. There's a there's a few heavy machine guns that I think have been uh, maybe kind of waiting in the winds, and now that they're getting this damage buff, um, may get some opportunity. I wouldn't be surprised if you go back to seeing people using linear fusion rifles with like Vorpal weapon, um, and maybe maybe swords will get kind of a renaissance as well and and just some it also depends on what what the nightfall gm nightfalls that we get the season are mm -hmm. um and uh and kind of how we can kind of play into the strengths of certain weapons so i i think i think there's some sleepers in there uh not no pun intended um and <laughs> although sleeper simulant might might also have an opportunity because it did get a damage buff um as well but i i think there's i think there's some legendary winners um that'll that'll have a time to shine even yep. without thinking of different kinds of heavies like uh you know going back to like a heavy grenade launcher with full cord and auto loading especially with the changes to auto loading like right. full cord and something else like that might still really be viable yeah yeah, yeah, yeah you, we haven't you could get launchers in a long time 
Yeah, you could you could get a combo of yeah, like a full court, and then you know they fire Same, their five yeah. shots, put on Wither Horde because that's mm. also got auto loading, uh, and then you fire your Wither Horde, and then you go to your primary, put a few shots, and then lo and behold, your grenade launcher's reloaded, and you can just kind of cycle through. Like that might end up being the strategy. Yeah, um, use the same so, ammo finder as well. So exactly, exactly. So, uh, yeah, there, there. I, I think there's some stuff that that people are already kind of theory crafting, and and we'll also have to see what comes out. There could be some some legendary stasis weapon that comes out and ends up like some crazy sniper rifle that has some cool effect. Or we don't we don't know what's coming, you know. And and I think that's always the fun of a new season coming out is like what is going to shake up the sandbox and what new toys are we going to get to play with, and that's. I think that at the core is what makes this game so exciting is, yeah, it's a new season. What's the new content? But then it's like, what new ways can we slay Atheon uh, or whatever the raid boss <laughs> is for that particular season? Um, yeah. Kind of the most effective and efficient way. And uh, Anarchy's had a good run. Let's see what else there is. Absolutely. Will, what about you? Thoughts on Anarchy? Um, I still don't have it, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh so completely irrelevant to you. That's some Witherhorde. I'm, I'm kidding. I, I like Witherhorde's fun. I really like that game. <laughs> it's super fun to play around with. Um, but so to you guys, is it like still going to be worth getting or should I? I think so. Yeah, definitely. Okay. I think there's, there's going to be like still like, and I, I think I talked about this uh, last week, but I think there's still going to be, you know, some uh, grandmasters that everybody's going to be able to clear. And Anarchy is just going to help. It's just like the damage over time is so much, even with a little, you know, drop there. So, plus it's a fun gun, regardless. It's a, it's a really fun gun. So if you don't have it yet, I, I would but say... Like 240 say. spoils fun or... Well, I'm know, wondering. It's, it's not like for some reason, Vault of Glass made it so that uh, getting spoils is so easy now with Templar. Yeah. So that, like, if you were going to get Anarchy, like, I, I would say this is like the perfect time to do it. Okay. All right, I mean, what are, you, what, are you, what are you holding on to those spoils for? Eh? Yeah. Oh, I already spent all of them. It's chalk. <laughs> I spent I mean, all of them on Daybringer rolls and the yeah. Black Helmet and didn't get a single one. So. All right. But, yeah, I mean, like, I could go back in there and to get it but at this point i want to play with new stuff you know yeah oh there's new stuff coming right. which is exciting yeah i know marcus before so uh another change that they're adding uh rabbi i think you mentioned this earlier infinite ammo is coming to primary ammo specifically and mm. you were saying it, it you know seems like a small thing but it's actually pretty major in the grand scheme of things so do you have any further thoughts on that yeah, fighting lion. What? Yeah, <laughs> what's yeah. going on there? Yeah, that's gonna be a fun one. I mean, it was already fun, but uh, the, the reload times though on that one, and I guess uh, I don't want to go too much into grenade, like you know, bridge loading grenade launchers. But yeah, some guns like really needed a bit of love, especially now with, for example, uh, I didn't used to like drop mag that much, but mm-hmm. now. You know, because I would lose, like, if I actually wanted to reload to be ready for, like, the next encounter in a Grandmaster and losing, you know, a lot of my ammo just by dropping my mag every time. But I also didn't want to go into the next encounter with, like, you know, two rounds in and then have to reload. So uh, drop mag is going to be great now because, you know... I don't care about my ammo at this point, and I get like like incredibly fast reloads with drop mag. So 
there you go. That's a really good perk all of a sudden. And uh, some other things like the Vex. I'm sorry, Rob. But uh, <laughs> with a little buff and infinite ammo, that's wow. Like, you know, yeah. there, there's some guns that are really going to shine. And uh, not even because of buffs or nerfs, that just, you know, the fact that you can use perks that you didn't, you know, be able to use before. And kind of, you know, spray and pray to your heart's content. I think it's just going to make things a bit more fun for primaries. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, it's going to be, it's a big change. Rob, are you excited for it at all? Uh, yeah, no, I, I think, I think the kind of the workaround for drop mag having a reduced magazine size was kind of a clever, you know, way around it. So you don't have it completely like nullified that, that perk. Um, and I had read somewhere that some, some people were trying to, or theorizing that maybe they were going to convert primary ammo to be infinite. Um, but, uh, they actually did it and I'm, I'm kind of intrigued because now I'm. I'm excited about that prospect, and I'm also kind of like looking through dim uh, to see if I have any weapons that I've kind of been sleeping on that maybe have drop mag and and never used it because I knew utility to it because of that. So um, again, all, all of these changes are just kind of like how do you shake up the sandbox in some kind of clever way? This, doing it this was a, a pretty awesome way mm-hmm. to, to. I mean, yeah. besides the new content coming out, there's a lot of sandbox changes to mess around with. So. That will be cool. Um, moving on, we talked about Vex buff a little bit. Uh, new armor mods. So the holster mod, I think, Rob, uh, you wanted to talk about this. Do you have any thoughts on the holster mod coming? Or holster uh, mods, right? Plural? Right. Uh, yeah, I think, I think it's just kind of a neat way to, to add another kind of tool in in the sandbox i know i kind of keep using that as like a cliche statement but i I get at this point like we're theorizing about how all this stuff is going to go uh and we don't know like how quickly it's going to like refill your ammo uh i think they did say it's going to be one shot at a time correct um i can look that up and i'll I'll look and verify but regardless i I, i'm excited because like i've got a few fusion rifles that i've been holding on to that have reservoir burst uh and so certainly the the holster mod will be a great kind of you know workaround of the the um kind of function of that perk uh so i'm excited about uh kind of the prospect of that so i think it's all good um i just i'm excited about another kind of interesting mod that we get to use for our armor and seeing how that kind of interacts with everything and i'm sure there's going to be some exploit that someone will find and all that stuff is always kind of fascinating to me when people figure out like how do we take advantage of some of these things and you know what uh what uh unforeseen consequences are there uh so yeah i i'm excited yeah absolutely so uh robbie thoughts on holster mod holster mods sorry i feel like a lot of changes here are gonna like switch things around in the way that it's more about like the guns we keep and the guns that we're gonna get because I feel yes. like these changes are going to make it so my auto-loading Vorpal, you know, rocket launcher maybe is not best anymore. Because if I can have just like an auto-loading holster mod, then I can have Vorpal and something else like Overflow now instead of auto-loading. Now I ha- and I can have both at the same time, which sounds crazy. And then those roles that we thought were really good with auto-loading, maybe, you know, not as good anymore. And then we're going to look for better roles. Uh, going forward so that's kind of fun like it changed things in a way that it might 
you know, get some people upset because that super god troll that you farmed for like months and months and months now it's a bit worthless not really worthless but worthless and uh yeah i think it's a good change though like having you go after other things like even if it's the same gun like now that i know i like this one specific gun i'm gonna be able to you know look for a different role and see how that works out then the one thing i don't actually know and then maybe i missed this but i don't know how much energy is gonna cost to have these mods equipped and i don't know even sometimes if i'm gonna want to invest my energy in a specific armor piece to have that mod on instead of something else because maybe sometimes especially with like charge with light mods or or warm and cell mods and builds that i have like spending you know energy on something like that might actually not even be worth it so i guess it's going to depend on how much in, of an investment it, it's going to actually take for me to have that because like how the fusion rifles are and i guess i didn't mention this before but the, the fusion armor the fusion mod for champions for next season is quite expensive right so am I actually going to want to get that myself, you know, and test out the fusion rifles? Maybe at the beginning of the season, yeah, and then I'll, you know, switch my artifact around. So I think that's the point with these mods. Like it's, it's actually going to be very build dependent and uh, it's going to honestly switch things around more in the fact of like god rolls and right. what people want. I think that's the biggest change here. That's true. That's true. So one thing that is featured on this TWAB that I found interesting, even though it's not a sandbox change, is uh, they said, and I quote, weapon VFX were all custom and some didn't meet our desired cool factors. So we've rebuilt these to speed up the process of adding new weapons or updating old ones while updating the visuals at the same time. So they're updating grenade launcher and rocket launcher VFX, as well as legendary fusion and linear fusion rifles. Uh, They now have distinct damage type charge VFX, which is kind of interesting. I, you know, I didn't really mind the VFX now, but it's, I don't know. I find it interesting that they're still looking at stuff like that and updating it as they see fit. Just a purely cosmetic thing. Yeah. Do you guys have no, any I think, opinions I, on that? Yeah, sorry. I was gonna, yeah, I, I think it just, it, it, it always kind of makes me wonder like, okay, what are they planning? Like, what's the long-term reason for this? Like, I wonder if it's, if it's, I mean, this is purely, purely 100% speculation. I wonder if it's one of those things where sometimes they will, you know, develop some kind of weapon or, or you know, type of effect, and they, you know, they make it work. It, it gets the point across, but there's probably some, like, artist there at Bungie who's, like, super OCD and was like, this isn't really what I had envisioned. Like, you know, like, when you're, when you're designing certain things, you have kind of a, in the back of your mind, how you want it to look. And they just they never got it right because they just didn't have the time invested or, you know, the the tools weren't there at the time. And and it's always been kind of a side project where it's like, you know, someday I'll, I'll I want I want grenade launchers to look this way when they're firing or, you know, whatever it is. And now that they've kind of finally been able to roll it out and it's like finally kind of the vision that they had had for that weapon or that archetype or that effect, you know, it's like it's it's kind of one of those things where like I remember when. This is this is a way way throwback, but like when Bad Juju first came out in Destiny One, the smoke effect that came out of like the front of the gun was like really really bad and really distracting, but it looked cool, and you totally get why it was there because it kind of like 
gate like leaned into kind of the lore of the weapon and if you really want something to look exotic yeah having cool like mystic green smoke coming out of it made sense but at the same time it was like near impossible to to see in front of and fire uh and so they they kind of toned it down pretty significantly and that was relatively early on into the game uh and so you always kind of wonder about things like that like when the artist has a certain vision uh, or when the team has a certain vision for how they want something to look, uh, and then like, are they are they super OCD about it? And like, until they can actually get exactly kind of what they envisioned. So I always kind of suspect stuff like this is is going on in the background, and you like to see it. You know, it's not it's not just always balanced, but it's like these people care about the art that they're creating and want to show off cool things with it. And it's like, yeah, let them. Let's see what else they can cook up because it's always exciting and fun to see this kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. Sound and lights on this game are so important. Mm-hmm. The whole visual design is, yeah. is honestly is like wonderful. for example, like when I hear a void weapon, whatever it is, and I mean some of them you recognize, you know, oh that's a that's a vouch safe or something else. Right. But they always have this puffy sound, and it happens with every class of energy weapon. They have like a distinct sound to them. So the fact that now, like if we can have like explosions that look certain way and stuff. Like, it makes me think of, like, how in other games that, again, it's not really an MMO, but it kind of is an MMO. Like, you would have add-ons, you know, that would display things. I think this happened a lot with Atheon. Like, people would complain, like, oh, I can't see the imminent detain. It's so small on the screen and all these things. And he's like, the boss is literally, you know, holding up his arm and doing this whole thing. And and, and you get all these uh, cues to know when to do things. So in other games, you will have like, I don't know, DBM on WoW, which is like deadly boss mods that literally tells you the timers in the middle of your screen. You can make it as big or as small as you want. But on this one, you cannot change the size of that text that you get for certain notifications. So I think like they really care about making the game be like as informative as it can be with like colors and sounds and all these things. So when you can see like even the type of a gun and like you can think about it even on PvP, you know, because if you have like a guy firing a solar weapon over there, you're actually be able maybe to tell if it's a solar weapon or not. And I think that's a pretty, pretty cool aspect of, of this game for sure. Yeah, I feel like a lot of elements of this game, the UI is a very important element and it's always been very well done in my opinion. Yeah, I think it reminds good- me of... Um, Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, go ahead, go ahead. I don't know if you guys ever played Dead Space. Like, it was, yeah, it felt more like Gears of War than Halo, but it had, like, the whole thing about not having a a HUD, like a heads-up display, and all the information was on the guy's armor. Like, you would see your health on your spine and, like, these little lights around your, your armor that would indicate, like, if you were full or empty on something. So I think this is like a thing with the shooter and this shooter that is kind of like, you know, RPG-ish in a way. And this thing like lights and, and colors and sounds, like they're so important. And the fact that Bungie cares so much about this is, is like a good thing. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So I think probably the last thing we'll talk about here in the top is uh, returning weapons. So we're getting a bunch of like EDZ stuff back. Looks like there's a new monarchy pulse rifle coming back. Um, spoiler alerts coming back. Some, I don't know, Suros hand cannon, I can't remember the name of, is coming back. Dresden 9 weapons are coming back. Getting ritual weapons. This is a bunch of stuff all on top of what we're actually getting as seasonal content. Uh, Will, do you have any thoughts on returning weapons? Any particular weapons you're excited to, to have back in your inventory? 
Yes, Darkest Before. That was one of my favorite pulses. Actually, favorite guns of the game back in double primary. Um, if that thing comes with like a um, some kind of damage perk and like a reload perk, that thing is going to be disgusting. Mm-hmm. So that I cannot wait for that. Um, the shotgun was always good. I like that one. Um, the sniper is always fun too. The long goodbye, I think it's called. Yeah, that's yeah, that's right. um, yeah, that one was one of my favorites as well. So that these are all good, like really, really good things that they're they're not necessarily changing, but bringing back. So and then the hand cannon, I think it's called the annual skate. Yeah. Wrong. Oh yes, yes, you're right. That one was I, I like the Soros. I mean, I just I hope it has better perks than like the Iron Banner one, but yeah, it was still a fun archetype to play with. Mm-hmm. Are you excited about going back into Prophecy for Trials of the Nine Weapons, or are you like I'd rather do something else? I mean, like ideally, I'd rather do something else, but I'm not going to say no to more not necessarily content, but more stuff to go after. Mm-hmm. Um, I prefer like I want it to be new content, but I'm I'm okay with them that kind of stuff in there mm-hmm. is this the largest like assortment of like new weapons we've gotten in like a seasonal offering before that's, considering that's what i was thinking yeah we still have more stuff coming and then all on top 16 of total including the new adepts wow well that's exciting i mean that's that's a lot there's, yeah there's a lot of stuff to go after next season it's gonna be cool what is the vice i'm looking at the picture right now there's the i can't tell if that's an I auto scout. or a scout or what a scout, scout. It's a scout, and it's got the uh, the really funny name. Um, I'm trying to look it up right now, actually. Um, okay. But, yeah. yeah I, and, I, and yes, it I it know. is annual skate. I couldn't remember if it was that or Minette 42, but it is it is annual skate. Um, so yeah, Will was correct in that. Cool. I like the aesthetic of skate lock. I think is how you pronounce it. Yeah. Yeah, skate lock. <sighs> that one's gonna be cool. So yeah, there's there's just a lot of cool new stuff coming out very excited for those weapons but um before we switch topics um i know because this is a very large twab is there anything anyone else wants to touch on before we switch topics if there's anything something i didn't mention something anyone didn't mention we wanted to uh to bring up i just want to say the rocket for next season the ritual weapon looks sick it does look cool it looks yeah. so good it does look very cool i'm wondering what the name is uh, it's gonna be called Ascendant, something Ascendant. in Ascend. Yeah, that's cool. That was they, a, they. They have so many good names for guns. It's, it's, I, I can't remember the exact name. I think it's something Ascendant, Ascendant, Ascendant Ling, or something like that. Because the next season is, um, with the Queen and everything like yes. that. So I don't know. Yes. Which is the perfect so, transition to our next. Oh, go ahead, please. Oh, so the the scout rifle is called Contingency Plan, the Vice one. It's because it's a it's a dead orbit one. Oh, okay. That that's why it's, I don't have it. Is that like fast firing archetype. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, one. Yeah, it's oh. a yeah viced rapid fire. I'm not sure. It's ever just like a long range auto rifle. Exactly. <laughs> Even though they call it a scout. <laughs> well, that'll be fun. It'll, it'll be good for shields, though. <clears throat> I think so. Yeah, it'll it'll it's usually have big mags. So. Right. I'm glad we're getting a lot of autos and stuff, it looks like, considering mm-hmm. anti-barriers, the anti-barrier auto is the only anti-barrier mod. So well, no, but those are the ones they showed. There's still going to be a few more months. More champion mods? Yeah, yeah. They showed only part of them. <gasps> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, for, like, yeah. weapons, though, at least. Yeah. Like, that's, that's all the champion mods, right? They only have, like, five 
every season. They showed four or five, uh, but the, they, those were not all of the ones that they're going to be. Uh, there's going to be a couple more that we don't know yet. Oh. But yeah. Uh, about okay. the topics, though, like, I don't know, I mentioned this briefly, but Fighting Lion says that uh, reduced based reload stat to zero, bridge grenade launchers with zero reload stat reload very, very slowly. Mm-hmm. Which made me think, all right, that makes, uh, you know, the reload, auto-loading holster mods kind of important now. So if you want to run the Fighting Lion, you probably want to have that on. One question here, and I don't know how this is going to work. So Witherhorde Catalyst makes it so that it auto-reloads. Does this just now give, like, the Catalyst for everybody as a mod, kind of, for Witherhorde? Well, I think what they said is that... Um... Holster mods are not going to be available for grenade launchers and something else. I oh, will... and rocket launchers? No yeah. Way. Yeah, so it's only going to be available on certain stuff, which does make auto-loading valuable in that sense. Yeah, so I actually, I, so I, I did look up that TWAB because I wanted to make sure I verified. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so holster, this is a new type of leg armor mod that will gradually reload stowed weapons of the matching type over time. Multiple copies uh, do stack. Uh, the following weapon types will have holster mods. So auto rifles, fusions, grenade launcher, hand cannon. Oh, grenade, so grenade launcher, launcher power. 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 Yeah, hand cannon, linear fusion, machine, pulse, style, uh, shotgun, sidearm, submachine gun, sniper, trace rifle. Uh, hand cannons exclude Ariana's Vow because it already has auto loading. Uh, rocket launchers, breach loaded, eh, loaded grenade launchers, and bows will not have holster mods. Okay. Yeah, as we didn't so want no to affect any weapons. And no wither heart. Right. So, so auto-loading on a rocket launcher will still probably be not worthless. Auto-loading on a rocket launcher? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, right, yep. Because I know we we kind of talked about that. Yeah, yeah. One, so one thing I do want to bring up real quick, and this is kind of odd more than anything, and I thought about it halfway through, talking about fusion rifles, uh, at no point did they talk about the aggressive frame fusion rifles. And you may be thinking to yourself, what does that entail? Uh, The only one that I can see is Coriolis Force, which is that one that fires horizontally from Europa. Uh, yeah, from Europa. Uh, they didn't talk about that at all, but it basically behaves the same way as like an adaptive or precision. So I assume that it'll probably kind of not be affected, uh, but it is intriguing that they didn't talk about that at all or even acknowledge it. Um, but I just thought that that yeah. was kind of funny to point out. So is that the only aggressive frame in like the game? Yes, as far as I'm aware. Yeah. Because it's the only one that, because it fires completely horizontally, which is like, why would you want a fusion rifle that does that? Uh, I, I played a handful of PvP matches with it, and uh, it's okay, because it's got like a pretty decent, like quick charge time, and the impact's pretty good, but that that firing horizontally sucks so much for PvP. So odd. Yeah. I haven't really yeah. messed around with it, but now I'm really intrigued. So yeah, no one no one really did. You like got it once, you could complete whatever, you know, triumphs were associated with getting all the weapons, but that was uh-huh. kind of it. Uh, huh. Interesting. Yeah. One thing we didn't mention last week either, and this is also a thing I'm super excited about being a controller player. Traction. Oh yeah. Traction mod. On on controllers finally, you know, kind of for free as a setting. And sensitivity going from, you know. From 1 to 10 now, getting 11 to 20, and then the ADS multiplier. That's such a huge thing for us console players. Right. And I think uh, that's probably one of the things that has me more excited about the whole changes. Obviously, new content and whatever, but this is going to change the game. 
completely for us. Oh, it totally will. Which is perfect, perfect timing for crossplay too. Right. Well, and that's why the conversation of holster mods and scavenger mods seems a little more like reasonable because you don't have to burn one of your mod slots for traction. So sure. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, All right. Does crossplay drop on Tuesday? Just a quick question. No, or it doesn't. Okay. It, they just, they, so. Yeah, they didn't give a specific date. They just said early season 15. So not Tuesday, but hopefully end of August, but probably not. Soon, TM. What did you say? Soon, TM. Yeah. yeah. They, they probably just want to verify stability of everything and, and don't want to just release everything at once in the off chance that... I mean, it's it's worth noting that don't get too excited on Tuesday itself because there's always you know, instability for that first couple hours trying to sign right. in and, and play. So, you know, and that, that first that first day is always pretty brutal. Did you mention that whatever you sign on with first, uh, it's going to become your Bungie's name account. Right. And you can have like certain symbols and stuff. So people who play on Steam, you know, have to have like a readable names for all the other people that are in console that, you know, those symbols can't really show up. So I think that part of like transitioning the account to like a crossplay account and having your name and maybe asking you to change your name because someone else already got it or all these things. That's probably why the crossplay is not going to come out like right yeah. away. Uh, yeah. There has to be a transition. That's valid. So for our second topic, speaking of transitioning to new stuff, a season of the Lost coming out where Mara Sov is returning, and it looks like we're going to be going back to the Dreaming City. So, um, on their various social media platforms, Destiny has released a screenshot of Mara and Osiris together in what looks like to be a Dreaming City area. So, this is going to be pretty interesting. My initial gut reaction, or not a gut reaction, but I thought about this later, is um, it's called Season of the Lost. And Mara has been missing for a long time. I'm assuming it's kind of referring to her in the sense that she's, you know, lost. And then Osiris also just kind of dipped. So, I mean, if they're both lost, maybe the season is about, you know, secretly like Osiris, maybe like trapped him and Mara somewhere, maybe. And we have to go rescue them. Just a theory. But what do you guys think about Mara Soft's finally returning? Uh, what what was when was the Taken King 2015? So, 2015, yeah, yes. great. Uh, I'm excited. Uh, I think anytime we get new content is always like, how can you be disappointed with that? Uh, and I think I think the events that are going to transpire this season are going to be very very important for the overall like story and implications of everything. So, seeing seeing what happens next is like you know it's like it's going to be like christmas uh next week so i'm excited oh yeah we had her we had her in forsaken we did yeah we but she was in like a she was in an alternate realm like but she has, maybe she, she has some dialogue was this scene in the, <laughs> in the ascendant challenges where she actually tells you that she's going away to deal with something but that she will come back to right right and, and this was like the like the big master chief moment for me because she was like i'll come back to finish the fight right uh, so, so i'm expecting that kind of resolution for the whole uh like the whole we we mentioned that the storylines like finally having like a, they're gonna probably merge into like osiris and mara and like i'm just excited about the dreaming city just because i love 
the story and the area and the aesthetic so much, like to Dude. finally have like a conclusion to that. Right. Um, yeah. So I'm so excited. I don't know what she's gonna bring back with her, but or what was she doing while she was gone that was so important. So mm -hmm. finding out is is gonna be, you know, half the fun. Honestly, like I think the story has been really great, and I, I'm hoping this one's gonna you know excel. So I would definitely try to stay away from spoilers. <laughs> yes. Oh, speaking of spoilers, that pastebin thing looks pretty crazy. <laughs> Like, I, respectfully, I would like to avoid talking about leaks. I, I wasn't going to say, I wasn't going to give any specifics, but... Okay, I, I, know, I know what you're saying is, like, yeah, in general, the, the number of things that have been... The number of things that have come to pass is yeah, crazy. It, it, is, it is intriguing. Yeah, I, I, I was going to say that, too. I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued by how many things they've, we'll say, gotten right uh, and yeah. kind of what that means with the direction that everything's going. I, I, so I was trying to avoid the pace bin stuff for as long as I could. And I don't remember how, but I accidentally clicked on something, which I know you're not supposed to just randomly click on stuff on the internet, but uh, I couldn't help myself one day. Uh, and I, I started reading some of that stuff. And like, once you start, you can't stop. Uh, and, and so, yeah, the fact that what has been prophesized so far and how relatively accurate it is, uh, we got some cool stuff coming down the pipeline. For sure. And also the um the anti-cheat. Yes. Oh yes. Yes. Yeah, have we not uh, talked about the anti-cheat? We have uh, not talked about <laughs> Well, we're all I mean, you guys are all console players, and I for yeah, all I intents and purposes. Those champions from cheating in my GMs. Well, oh I mean, I'm going back to PC <laughs> as soon as that comes out. I'm going back to PC. Are you gonna wait to see how like stable it is before you go back, or are you just like day one you're you're back in? Uh I'll probably wait. Okay. I can get all the um, aimbot stuff off my computer, and then I'll probably right. go in. Right. Complete the evidence first, and I'll probably... Good. Complete the evidence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's so, good. So, like, looking so, at how other online games are having, like, issues with cheaters, like, the fact that they are, you know, trying and, you know, delivering something, it's uh, definitely a good note to start the season with. Yes, definitely. Some people are upset that it's Battle.ai and not something else. Some people are like, oh, Battle.ai doesn't work. Because, I don't know, they cited like Rainbow Six or something. There's always going to be cheaters, right? There's right. always going to be somebody that gets to the cracks. Like, no game is completely free of you know, one or two cheaters or, you know, more. So the fact that people are discrediting it before it's even out is kind of stupid. Yeah. But, I mean... I, what I don't understand is why they wouldn't have said something sooner. Like, why would you let the community get to this point where, like, Everybody's kind of given up. Cheating. Yeah. yeah. Why, why would you wait it, and not say something? Because like, they did go after some companies like League of Legends and all those other you know companies that kind of use the same stuff, like how they and Bungie was involved and they kind of sued like some companies that were making cheats and you know very publicly did that thing. So like to avoid you know or to stop other people from kind of doing. So I I feel like in a way, yeah. I mean, it kind of sucks to not know what's coming and that something good might be coming but at the same time it didn't let those people know in advance to be able to you know start working on like oh hey how are we gonna implement this into destiny now so we can make 20 bucks off of you if you want to want to buy some cheats so like looking at it from that side i feel like that's that's an okay thing to do like let them figure out later at least at the beginning you're not gonna have to deal with it i also you, want you, sorry go for it i was gonna say like you don't have to tell like what 
um, anti-cheat servers are going to use. All you got to say is like literally all it would have taken is a tweet saying, hey, we're testing some anti-cheat stuff internally. I'll stay tuned. It'll come out later, whatever. Like, yeah, but then there's the take. leaks. So if they start testing something and it's going to be on the code somewhere and all these people like, you know, grabbing that code and going through it, they're, they're, they're going to figure it out. I think, I don't know. Again, that's just me thinking. But, but, but I mean, it would have leaked anyways because they were testing it. It didn't leak. Because they were not looking for it. But I mean, okay. Either way, good. Well, I also wonder timing. if, I, I could be dead wrong about this. I wonder too if there's partially because the, because the, didn't Bungie start a lawsuit against an anti G company relatively recently? So they didn't start lawsuits, but they did send a bunch of cease and Oh, that's right. It was a bunch of cease and desists. And then I, so there's that. And it also could have been in like, maybe they were still kind of working out all the contractual details with, with uh, Battle Eye. Is that what it's called? Um, yes. Like there, so. there could have been, there could have been just kind of stuff behind the scenes where, like you know, they were trying to work out making sure that they could actually get it implemented by the start of this season and getting all the contractual stuff going. So maybe they didn't want to like leak stuff and then not have it become a thing, and then everyone looks at Bungie like, oh, you guys lied to us and we don't have anti cheater. Like you know, like I, I wonder if there was there was probably some strategic intent behind it, or mm. even maybe like a partially legal thing just for the sake of. Like they need to make sure everything was was in place before they I agree with you, Will. It would have been nice to hear some kind of like, by the way, a formal anti-cheat system is is coming in season 15 rather than just drop it like a week before. Um, but again, who knows how the other day we have it. Yeah, exactly. And that's, <laughs> that's exciting. Yeah, I, I'm excited about all of that. And the crossplay thing, too, might be like a thing because I guess some games have it like uh, I don't want to mention any because I don't want to be wrong, but like I know some games have anti-cheat on PC only, but the console version doesn't have it. But I guess with crossplay, uh, you know, they have to whatever if they have to develop something for it to work on all the platforms as well. They actually had to go and do that. Mm. Yeah. Well, for for PC and console games, PC anti-cheat is more because like that the. Uh, the software is trying like it can look into your computer and like what files you have but for console because it's not like your specific like catered to you pc that the software is different because it's like the, the console is technically owned by sony so they have access to all of sony stuff so that's why they're so different that makes sense so, that was a terrible way of explaining that but yeah <laughs> <laughs> so the New Nightfall has supposedly been revealed, which is for next week, which is uh, Hollowed Lair, which for those of you who aren't aware for some reason, uh, it's all scorn. And typically in Nightfalls, you have champions. So people are theorizing that maybe there will be scorn champions. Does anyone have any thoughts on those? Because that sounds as terrible. As, no, as long as there's no screebs, I'm okay with it. <laughs> champions, yeah. Unstoppable Screeb, just one massive Screeb just running at you. Stun mm -hmm. him or else he blows up. Yeah, they'll they'll probably be like the unstoppables. <laughs> I can imagine that. Um I don't I don't really know. Like I'm trying to think like what would be like overload, what would be unstoppable, and what would be barrier. Overload um, chieftain, probably. Probably. Unstoppable uh, abomination. Oh, yeah, they're already so tanky, like they don't need to be a champion, but <laughs> <laughs> maybe I, I'm, I'm champions. Yeah, I don't I mean, know. It's I, more, don't. Yeah, more stuff though, the better. Like anytime that you just have more mechanics and the more 
more ways that it forces you to like how many times have you done that the hollowed layer strike and it's like this is you know shaking it up forces you to approach it a different way i'm all for it so bring it on yeah well story-wise like making all those alliances and you know having the scorn take maybe a moment to shine as a, as a big enemy or like that makes me look forward to new content yeah. which score which i actually kind of don't like especially i mean i, I don't play that much gambit but when i do i, I don't want to get scorn <laughs> so yeah. yeah it's gonna be definitely interesting uh yeah. do you guys think so, sorry go ahead no i was gonna say we'll just have to see how it pans out do you guys think that if they add scorn champions to this nightfall do you think that's gonna affect presage in any way presage presage whatever it's called mm. do you think they're because presage has that uh the mob modifier where it's like, oh, there's more champions in this, except there are no champions. So do you think they're going to add champions to Presage after this nightfall? I don't think so, unless they substantially change like the rewards or the actual like intent of that, that mission, because there's like triumphs tied to it. And I, I, I would imagine that, you know, people maybe still trying to do some of those things like solo flawless and stuff like that might feel a little cheated because they could have done it two seasons ago and arguably I'm putting quotes around arguably uh, it would have been easier because there were no champions uh, and things like that. So I, I could see that being kind of perceived negatively, um, but at the same time, it'd give people a reason to go back in and do that mission because it's like, Hey, it's something different. And there's now there's champions. So you have to approach each like encounter differently. So maybe, um, but I, I don't think they would just for the sake of consistency across like the sandbox or the uh, each season. Mm -hmm. So, um, Will, what is something you want to see in this coming season? Uh, PvP maps. Oh, yeah, you're right. That's, but I think that's I don't think we're getting that. Well, maybe we are. I don't really remember what that was a while back. Either way, I, I would like to see some you know, maps come and uh new pvp modes too like rifts i this rift i know they're rift is coming we're yeah. testing it out right now but i this was so much fun and then um <clears throat> also like to see like I, I just hope the the new activity isn't just another like bank this here yeah go there bank it pick up modes bank it again and then it's just like a big boss at the end like it's you know boring after the fourth or fifth time yeah yeah i'm curious what's gonna happen there yeah Robbie, what about you? Probably. Oh, go ahead. No, finish your thought. I'm sorry. I was gonna say it's probably gonna be that, which is fine. It's more content, but it's kind of getting stale to me, at least. Yeah, it definitely is. I agree. And looking back on previous seasons, I don't know how hopeful you can get because I don't know. Contact from Arrivals was another bank of stuff, and it didn't even try to pretend it wasn't Gambit. Right. So, you know. I don't know. Like, Arrivals had good story stuff, but, you know, arguably lackluster gameplay. So, you know, just because the story's good doesn't mean the gameplay's going to be good. So we'll see what happens. But anyways, Robbie, what's what's something you're looking forward to in um in this coming season? Well, what's something going, you want to see? Going back to the Dreaming City, I definitely want to see. And this, I know, Rob, you're going to have a lot of thoughts on this, but I want... You know, transmog that look like Dreaming City, weapons that look like the Dreaming City. Mm, I don't know. I, I want to look cooler than Aldrin's off. Okay. You know? Okay. Would you have like the, the white 
the white and the purple, like the royal armor that uh, Mara and Petra have. Yeah, like with a little yellow. I want it to look like I, I don't want it to be like the whole bony looking thing, and also I don't want it to look like I came out of Hot Topic with a full you know, outfit. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I think the aesthetic is pretty cool, so I'm really looking forward to whatever they come out with uh, in terms of you know Everburst stuff like ships and uh, sparrows and things like that. Like obviously, I care about the story. Yeah, don't get me wrong. But I think like a big part of like what I you know like about the whole new season coming forward is like how you know you you'll start seeing people looking certain way once those sets come out and the actual like regular seasonal armor that dropping come out and uh, like the whole aesthetic of the tower kind of changes and I think like fashion is like a big deal for people who play Destiny and mm-hmm. uh, yeah so I also care about that for sure <laughs> I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to the whole you know aesthetics from the dreaming city because i i love it i think it looks super cool and rob you just dropped a picture in the chat yeah so you were you're were, yeah well yeah you were talking about queen's armor so i actually uh i uploaded a photo of the hunter's queen's guard armor set from destiny one um which i think would be cool i mean if if marasov is coming back uh and typically the armor is somewhat themed around like whatever that that particular like season is so it'd be kind of cool to maybe at a bare minimum getting kind of like some of those purple shaders and things like that might be kind of cool uh or like the marasov's like little symbol with like the the five kind of pointy things all like getting some of that stuff i think would be kind of cool i obviously if we just got that armor that'd be one thing um i like i don't know what to expect but i was gonna say yeah just getting getting new armor pieces and and new weapons is always kind of like that's what I look forward to most with the new season. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I have no idea what to expect. But yeah, if if we got an aesthetic that was kind of themed around some of like the Queen's armor, that would be kind of cool because we haven't really seen that in, in Destiny 2. So that would be kind of neat. So this is a perfect segue into our next conversation, which is transmog and fashion. So we are talking about, um, you know, the transmog system and, you know, different armor pieces that we like to you know wear stuff that looks cool so will is there anything you're you know you like using on your uh on your armor that just looks cool aesthetically um the helmet rock and the titan helmet from europa are pretty cool i like the led and the uh super bright lines but other than that there's not a whole lot right now that um i'm rocking consistently i kind of play around with it a lot like that's the fun of it so mm-hmm. Yeah, without even unlocking anything, I like just going in there and previewing all the armor yeah, pieces same. and coming up with hypothetical things that I'm not going to buy. Oh. Rob, what about you? Any um, anything in particular? Yeah. Any pieces you like? Yeah, no, I I so I like to kind of the same thing. I like to kind of toy around with just different aesthetics, um, and try to you know see if I can. How do I want to say this? I try to make it so like each armor piece is from a completely different set and see if I can get like the aesthetic to kind of line up and and come up with some kind of, you know, reason for for that that configuration to exist. Uh, and it's kind of fun to to play around with shaders. I will say the one kind of unfortunate thing is the shader preview when you're messing with all of them. 
doesn't really reflect how it looks on like your main character screen uh like the oh, lighting really? angle yeah the lighting angle is different and so like it's hard to get a sense for how the colors actually look when you're previewing them kind of like all together versus like when you look at them with the character screen um so that sometimes kind of throws you off because you expect it to look a certain way and then you apply and then you go to your character screen and it's like oh that red is not quite the red that i thought it was going to be um but uh yeah it's it's kind of fun to to play around with stuff and i i think overall the the transmog was a of a needed you know welcome to the to the game um and i think it's opened the door for a lot of of fun you know dress and match and try to look the way you want and and giving that agency to the the player has been uh very welcome and exciting so because there's there's a there's a as a hunter there's a few cloaks that like i was bummed out that i couldn't use anymore because they were sunset and now that i have the ability to use them on anything is is great so that is really nice it allows me to clean out my vault because yes i hoard everything and i'm like i want to have like one of like every piece i'm like what if i need this for something like even right. if it's not like a gameplay thing I'm like what if i need this to finish my my R set to make it look super cool and now that transmog is out i can just kind of get rid of all those old sunset pieces even if exactly. i'm not gonna unlock it it just makes me feel better to know that like it, exactly okay. robbie what about you anything in particular any piece well, actually, yeah, that's a, a few codes on the on the warlock that look like winter coats that I've been really liking. And mm -hmm. I think a big part of it, and I guess it's related to Transmog, so I'll just uh, say that. Uh, one thing I really like in Bungie's system of shaders is like they're actually shaders. They're not just like armor color. So the shader will actually change the texture or the material of whatever you're actually shading. So you can make a piece be like, metallic and shiny or you can make it look like like actual cloth and have like you know this texture to it and things like that so uh, playing with shaders in in different pieces that you don't expect them to work it's been like the most fun for me so some of them some of those that have like especially with the world like you have a lot of cloth playing with the shaders and seeing how it actually affects the thing and if it's going to keep the textures that it already has built in, because some of them replace it, like the ones that just came out from Gambit and Crucible that are completely green or completely red. It somehow gets rid of the textures that the thing came with and it just makes it like an even red or an even green. And that's been really fun to put on like some pieces. Cool. Yeah, playing with shaders is a lot of fun. There's a... um hunter the splicer hunter arms ornament has a very prominent view of the uh neon like lights animated lights that go down the arm which is super cool and on the default shader it's purple uh, all the wires are green but then there's like a purple light like lines that go down it and they're animated which is super cool and the shader shaders actually change the color of it so what i have done is i've taken the assassin's cowl um for those of you who don't know what that is it's like a it's like a normal helmet, but it's got this blue neon mesh covering over it, which looks super neat. So I found a shader that makes the arms have like the the, the purple neon light changed to blue. So it kind of lines up with the helmet and it just looks really neat. So that's very cool. Yeah, it's been fun messing around with all that stuff. But you guys like the transmog system as a whole, e even though obviously there are issues with it because the currency system is... Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm glad idea. they're I'm glad they're getting rid of that um, 
you know, where you have to collect those those pieces that just sort of like you accumulate over time and now you can just buy the bounties. Um, so you still have to like put in the work to unlock the transmog, but it's not, you know, it, it's a little bit easier to be like, oh, I've got some time. Oh, I don't have enough of these to buy another bounty, so I can't complete one right now. Um, but now it's like, oh, I can just buy the bounty and start whenever I want. So I think that that's a welcome uh, addition. Um, I don't really have a limit or an issue with the limit per season. Um, I get why some people potentially would. Um, but at the end of the day, like it's a choice that was made and, you know, it is what it is. But I, 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 I got all the armor pieces that I wanted to, and I don't think I spent more than about half of like the total that I had. So I'm like kind of content. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wish um, the SIVA ornaments were more accessible. Yes. Kind of off topic, but just something I thought of. Yeah, well, that's the thing for new players like myself that meets, missed so much. Like the acquiring of, of the transmog wasn't that much of an issue for me, I agree. And yeah, maybe they made it so that, you know, at some point they force you into like, if you really, really want more than 15, then you got to go into the Herberberry store, which is a whole different topic. But uh like what I actually missed the most was looking at like people who have played way longer than I have being able to transmog these pieces that they, you know, they didn't even remember. It was like, oh, this appeared in my transmog screen. Like I got this, you know, like so long ago and I deleted all those armor pieces, but now it's kind of back there as an option for me to use as transmog. And yeah, I wish there was a way, and I know this is like asking for too much, but like to get some of those transmog pieces for people who never got the chance to get them. So, like, maybe not the armor piece itself, but just, like, you know, have some quests to unlock some transmogs. That might be fun and interesting. I mean, yeah, if it, sorry, it would be it. cool. If it would be neat if um there was a way, if they somehow implemented a way with the whole transmog currency system to unlock exotic pieces, like exotic ornaments, maybe, like, one a season, and then you'd have to go to Eververse. Something like that would be neat. Are you talking about using the exotics on legendary ornaments or just unlocking no, exotic just unlocking ornaments? them in general, like with Got the transmog okay. currency. Okay. It would be neat. I mean, yeah. I know that's asking for a lot too, but something that would be nice because, you know, a lot of the ornaments are so expensive. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And Robbie, you, you did bring up a good point is, yeah, for us that have been playing since the beginning of, of Destiny 2, it's like, yeah, we've got a higher likelihood of having a pretty more comprehensive library to choose from of older armor pieces that we can turn into ornaments. But you you having not played nearly as much have significantly limited kind of, you know, choices. Uh, and it would be it would be kind of interesting to just like even if even if they gave you the sunset versions of those armor pieces just so you could have them so that you could right. convert them to ornaments. Yeah, I, I could see that being maybe a thing at some point of, like, you know, because, yeah, it is it is significantly more restrictive the sh- less amount of time that you've played, especially, like, once Beyond Light came out and they got rid of a lot of those armor sets from some of the destinations and, like, some of the stuff that came out with Forsaken and then even kind of earlier than that. Uh, yeah, there's there's no way to collect those uh, at this point. So yeah, it would be interesting if they just kind of, or if they just dumped them into your live or your, yeah, your collection tab, just of like, now you can unlock them. Cause yeah. 
That would be nice. I, I mean, yeah, I, I, I wish... was going to say way to intrigue you to to buy more Eververse stuff, but I don't want to go down that road right now. Either, so. <laughs> I, w- I wish Robbie, I wish he had the ability to access all those. And it's mm-hmm. really disappointing that there's no way to for like no Even way. If it was just like a few sets, like a few full sets, and it would lead you through like a super short quest where you would learn some of the backstory of those fights, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, like talk to some NPCs here and there, hear about what we did before you came and became a guardian, and like you know the heroes of the past and things like that, and then you get like a little reward that is literally just aesthetic. Uh, anyway, so something like that would be nice because yeah, it's a nice system and I'm glad it's in the game because I think most people enjoy it. Uh, honestly, doubt anybody has an issue with Transmog being in the game. So just uh, it's such a cool system. Just give us more. That's that's it for me. For sure. Will, do you have any thoughts on further thoughts on the Transmog system? Yeah, so I would like to be able to get the armor from past season passes. I know it's kind of redundant to play, but I would say to like get the season pass from a couple of seasons ago or something for like a discounted price or whatever, but be able to like get that armor from it. So discounted price, as in, would you want to pay like transmog currency or like silver? Or what would that look like? I mean, either one, really. I mean, like there's just a couple things that I didn't get that I would would like, but again, I, I get like I'm supposed to play at that season, right? That's how you get the stuff. So I get why they don't do it, but I don't know. Well, some of, nice. don't, don't some of the past season like whole Everburst sets for Armour and Transmog were already in the Everburst store, be- even before Transmog was a thing, that like you could unlock, buy the ornaments, basically. So I know yeah. I did that for a few, like, actually. Well, yeah, but, but I'm talking, like, season pass armor. Right. Oh, right. okay. All, I think the sets are in there all just from, like, the seasonal armor, like right. the season pass armor. Okay, okay, yeah. I, I see yeah, like, like right now, like the season pass one that you unlock, like the interlaced set um, from the actual season pass from leveling it up. So yeah, I, I, I've seen that kind of echoed a lot too, where it's like, hey, maybe I couldn't play as much that season and I wasn't able to unlock everything. And it's like, I, yeah, it's kind of a, go back to the, the magic buzzword of FOMO, um, but it is kind of, yeah, a bummer. Like if you happen to not be able to get everything that season, and you paid for it, or yeah, if you could go back and pay for it to unlock those ornaments, I, I've seen that echoed from people, and I I don't disagree with it. I think I think it's you know definitely something that would be nice to be able to access in the game after you've you know missed the opportunity. So and it's and it is purely aesthetic, so there's not much of an argument that you can make against it. I agree. Yeah, there's a warlock helmet from Season of the Hunt. I think it's called. I didn't play that season. That's when Stasis came out, and I was like, "This is horrible." Anyways, and that I want it from the. I think it's the season or the tier one hundred um, reward. The yeah. warlock on the thick horns. I don't know. I think it looks like yeah, steeple chase. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, yeah, it looks so cool. Yeah, it's you change like the eye effect and yeah. the light effect. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I wonder, do shaders change the color of the 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 eye thing? Yeah, some of them do. That's cool. You can make it like green, blue, red. Oh. That is pretty neat. I love when shaders are able to change the colors of holographic elements like that. Yep. Super neat. Well, anyways, uh, I think we'll wrap this episode up for this week. Uh, I think we're all pretty excited for Tuesday, and I'm sure we'll have 
a lot to talk about come next week, considering new season's going to drop and sandbox changes are going to be able to be tested and the Witch Queen reveal Tuesday. So until then, we'll see you guys all later. Thank you for watching as always. See you next Monday. Bye. Ciao. Questions, comments, or something else you want to say? Email us at eventideradio at gmail.com or get in touch with us at any of our Twitter handles, all of which can be found in our podcast description.